Dementia, Alzheimer's, cognitive impairment, everybody wants to talk to older people about that. But today, we're going to talk to those of you who are between the ages of 53 and 25 about something that you should be focusing on right now. And we're calling this the dementia challenge that you face now. This is Paul Truesdell, and you're listening to a deep dive on Connecting Dots. Now, make sure to read the disclaimer in our show notes before each episode. Now, generally speaking, on the average, on the whole, for the most part, every Monday through Friday, we do what's called a bite-sized bite here on Connecting Dots. If this is your first episode, welcome, and we're going to dive right into this. But first, bites involves business, investments, insurance, technology, economics, and security items, security from a safety standpoint, okay? That's what we talk about here on Connecting Dots. In addition, what we're going to do is use kind of a shaggy dog approach. I love to do a shaggy dog approach. And then when you're kind of wondering where in the Sam devil is he going, we're going to pull it together and we're going to connect the dots. Now, when we do a deep dive, we'll do a couple of intermissions to give you a chance to gather your thoughts. And those will be fairly brief, under a minute, minute and a half at the very most. So when we do that, don't uh, check out. It's a good time to get a cup of coffee, good time to pause, but it's designed to give you a chance to think about things. Okay, are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. So I have to deal with cognitive impairment every single day. When you have the number of clients that I have worked with over the past 33 years, it's something that I got to tell you, I got a lot of experience with. My sister was born physically and mentally challenged. She had a lot of issues. And as she got older, they got to be more pronounced. She had a couple of really good years, but it was really difficult. And without going into the details, it just is what it is. I've lost my mother. I lost my father. I'm the last man standing. And so because of that, having seen the ravages of cancer and what it does to your mind and understanding that, you know, cognitive impairment is not just losing your mind, again, you know, Alzheimer's, uh, dementia. It means in the case of my mother and father, cancer just eventually took them down. My dad was lucid until he finally went into his coma. Same thing with my mother. But I got to tell you, a tremendous number of people that I've worked with have got some real challenges. Now, there's the obvious signs, and there's some really subtle signs. And today, we're going to talk a little bit in the beginning about some of the things that you should be paying attention to your mother and father, your grandma and grandpa, as well as your maybe aunts, uncles, and others who are older than you, because you need to pay attention to these early warning signs and the symptoms, because here's the problem. Not only has Generation X and Y... Okay, those of you who are born between 1965 and 79, but especially those of you born between 1980 and 1994, you've been screwed over pretty bad by our government, by economics, by changes in technology, by a bill of goods that oftentimes was full of hogwash. So as a result, a lot of folks like you and I, people who are between the ages of 25 and 53, are now being asked to take care of, again, their parents. 
So let's say you're 53, you're on the upper end, you're born in 1965, and um, well, guess what? You're turning 54, and your parents had you, let's say, when they were in their 20s, so mom and dad are 74 to maybe 84, and you got kicked in the teeth a few years ago. I mean, it seems like you've gotten kicked in the teeth a few times, right? I mean, you've seen those portfolios really melt down at times. And now, mom and dad who left, you know, they went retired, they went to live the good life, Seventh grade camp in places like the villages, America's friendliest hometown, running around their golf carts. Everything is good until something happens. And then oftentimes, if they don't have the money to take care of themselves, who's going to come in and take care of them? That's right. You will. And because of that, it's an expense, not just physically and emotionally, but also intellectually with relationships and also financially. So here's the thing that I want to focus today on is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody talks about the protection of the elderly. I get it. But we have to protect ourselves in my business. We record everything. We document everything. Because a lot of times people who are really a pain in the butt, they just can't keep it together as they get older, become absolutely outrageous. Now, the assumption by a lot of regulators is that the elderly, when they make a complaint, they've always been abused. There are a lot of people who have very limited experience dealing with the realities. Okay, they got the book smarts. Oh, they got the high school. They got their bachelor's. They got their master's. They got their doctorate. They wrote the paper that they simply regurgitated from. You know, the same paper has been written 55,000 times over, but they needed it for that MBA or that PhD. But when it comes to real life in the dirt experience, they ain't got it. Now, it simply is what it is, and you may say, man, you sound like you got a chip on your shoulder. No, I don't. What I'm always interested in is protecting the people who, through no fault of their own, are being screwed over. And a lot of times, those are people who are really professional. Your doctors, your lawyers, your accountants, and your true fiduciary-based investment advisors. Not these agents, bankers, brokers, dealers, or financial planners who are conflicted, always trying to sell something. They deserve all the crap they get. But the thing is, there are some people who really are trying to do the right job. And unfortunately, they meet people who just want to screw them over. So the assumption that the elderly are always abused is not the case. Some of the elderly that are out there, are lifetime abusers. They were abusers to their spouse, their spouse passes away, and they become completely inappropriate with whoever they deal with. You know, when somebody dies, when somebody dies, that's a big deal, and it's very stressful. There are changes that go on, and grandma and grandpa and mommy and daddy, oftentimes, if they're becoming cognitively challenged, are going to look to who? You. Now, I know of a very lovely lady. She is Not a spring chicken, but her dad just keeps on going. This man is the Energizer Bunny. This person's classy. She and her husband are really classy people, okay? I mean, cool. I really enjoy every time I have a conversation with them. But their life has been put on hold because they're doing what traditional families have always done. They're there for those who are a little bit older, okay? We've gone from an agrarian to an industrialized society. We're going from an industrialized to a technology society. And from a technology society where you knew people to a digital society. And we're going from a society of rugged, entrepreneurial, American get it done lifestyles to one in which everybody stands in line and takes whatever is being given to them. If Alexa says to open the door, go onto your balcony and see if you can fly from the 10th floor, there are people who are absolutely going to do it.
Now, the death rate from heart disease has gone down dramatically just from the last 10 years, okay? So we're talking 2017, going back to 2007, heart disease-related deaths are down 9%. Now, that's good, okay? That's good. But we're not necessarily seeing an increase in longevity. Well, we are. It depends upon the group of people. If you take urban murders and opioid overdoses, drug overdoses out, You take a lot of things that unfortunately are not part of a society that is responsible, that saves money, and you look at people who actually are responsible for themselves physically, emotionally, intellectually, relationships, and financial, they have deferred satisfaction. In other words, they're able to see long-term. They can save their money. They don't have these knee-jerk reactions. Oh, the market went a little bit up and down, so I'm going to panic. No, those people never have a pot. They can't have nothing to pee in the pot to do it in, okay? They just, they can't do it. But for those of us, and if you're listening to this and you're with me, you're highly likely one of those. Now, in our Connecting Dots podcast, always remember this is public. And frankly, we use this as a way to showcase what it is we know and do because a typical investment advisor doesn't do what we do. And these financial planners, they're scumbags because they're always trying to sell something. What we're here to do is to give you actionable information that you can use. And we're going to come to the very end and tell you a little bit about our program for our clients that is really cool. So if you're taking notes, you know, there's basically a couple different ways to do things. You can do the FIO, figure it out yourself, okay, that's FIO. Or you can do the old CSP, and you can, that's what stands for, conflicted sales pitch. Those are the people that are always trying to sell you annuities and long-term care insurance, et cetera. But what a lot of people really want is they want to have a meaningful discussion. Like you've been with your doctor. You like to sit down with your doctor and know exactly what's going on. But to see, the problem is time is money, and most of these people just don't have the time. I mean, we have a limited number of professionals and time in the world. you've got to get down to business. It's not personal, it's business. So what do you do? You go to your doctor, you're told that you have a a serious condition. You sit down with family, friends, neighbors, relatives, and coworkers, partners, associates, and you talk. The problem is most people don't know where to begin. So did your doctor ever provide you with a discussion outline, a discussion outline of where to go and start talking about things? I doubt it. And if they did, that's really rare. But that's what we do here at Fixed Cost Financial. We do something called Meaningful Discussion Facilitation, MDF. Meaningful discussions are critical, but our time is valuable. We have to pay for, be paid for it. But what we can do through this kind of a format, and then when we do it for our clients, ay, 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 we really get into the details and provide a lot more outlines than we do on the public side. But why do we do this? Because a meaningful discussion facilitation, for us, that's easy. For you, that's hard. Following an outline and talking again with family, friends, neighbors, relatives, coworkers, partners, associates, and others. Yeah, that's an outline in which you can then make a good, solid decision. When you get to that point, you go, I don't know what to do. That's what we're here for. It's not a robo-advisor. It's not the hug and mug to sell you anything. It's a true fiduciary-based approach. Man, I don't know what to do. That's what this is all about. So going back to what I was saying earlier, heart disease, 
it's in decline. And that's really great. But guess what? Dementia. Yeah. Dementia and the related issues that go along with it. Well, deaths as a relate as they relate to dementia are, are up. Some people think it's about 150% over the last 10 years. Now, what is going on? A lot of things are being affected. Professionals, sales, all service, all manufacturing industries, everybody is being affected by dementia. I mean, for crying out loud, here's some, we're going to go through some of the telltale signs in just a minute, but do you ever get scared, for example, when you're sitting at a stoplight, you're like second or third car back, and you see a car pull up, but they, they're leaving like two car lengths between them and the person in front of them. This person is driving with their mouth open. They're a, they're a mouth breather. They're not looking from left to right. They're just looking in front of themselves. They have spatial awareness, an issue there, okay? They, they can't really relate. The car starts to move, the green, we get a green light, and what do they do? They sit there and then, oh, I need to go. Or they jam on the gas because they just don't have the dexterity and all of a sudden they lurch forward. I mean, these are signs that people are impaired, not just drunk, not just high, but cognitively impaired. And the number, the growing number of retirees is frightening. Look, baby boomers born between 1946 and 1964. There's about 76 million baby boomers that were born. Now, taking into consideration both legal and illegal immigration, as well as some people who have left, we got to a peak of around 80 to 82 million altogether. And these people, these boomers with massive numbers of impairments are beginning to see massive brain issues. And a lot of the people in this group can't get enough sugar into their diet. And we talked about this in another podcast where we talked about brain shrinkage. It's a real thing. You have people who are literally poisoning their body to the point where they're not killing themselves right away, which is actually be a good thing. No, they're killing themselves in such a slow way that they're taking the dum-dum road out. And it's a, for some, it's a really long, slow road. Okay, if they have money, they pay for it. If they can't pay for it, we the taxpayers pay for it. But here's the other problem. You who live in Generation X and Y, born between 1965 and 1994, you're being screwed by these people on a real regular basis. The sheer number of people that I've worked with over the last 33 years who came in and do their wills and trusts, powers of attorney and everything else, when it came to the distribution of the estate, they basically would say, hey, I'm dead. I don't care. The kids can fight over whatever. This is what I want to have happen. I really don't care. You'd be surprised how often that happens. It's the same thing when a lot of retirees have moved to Florida and they have this attitude like, yeah, my kids will take care of me. Well, you know, John, you haven't been around for the last 20 years. You moved. You came down to Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything happens, I'll move back with them. They're obligated. They're my kids. You'd be surprised the number of people that say that. So the other thing we hear is, I could care less. The government can take care of me. That's what Medicaid's all about. There's got to be more consideration for the ones who actually care about you. So many of these boomers are so incredibly selfish. You just, it just makes me sick. And I'm a boomer. I make no bones about it. So for those of you who say, oh, you're just mean. No, a lot of you are complete morons out there. You're acting like you are so entitled and selfish. It's just not funny. Now, if you're a boomer and you get mad and say, that's not me, okay okay, that's not you. Why are you putting something that is being observed by a lot of us as if it's you? If you're not one of those, I'm a boomer. I'm not like that. Not in any way, shape or form. I have no problem people saying that boomers are selfish, that boomers have overspent what's going on. My God, the amount of money we are spending. 
Is this the legacy we want to leave for our children? It doesn't make a difference if you're Republican, Independent, Democrat, if you're a Martian from the, the, the Zoolander party. I don't care. Here, The bottom line is the sheer number alone, coupled with increasing longevity, medical innovation, all the procedures that are going on, and these lousy health habits. Again, some of the dumbest among us are living and continuing to go on and on and on. Now, I'm not here to tell you that we should have euthanasia. I didn't say that. If you thought that, that was on your own. What I'm here to tell you is that the next 10 to 15 years will be a massive strain on the healthcare system. But here's the thing. It's also going to be a massive strain on those of you who have moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, even aunts and uncles and others who will be looking at you with those big sourdough puppy dog eyes. Are you going to take care of me? Oh, you need to take care of me, Johnny. And you're going to be going, oh, now what do I do? Oh. So the fraud and the victimization, yeah, a lot of people want to talk about that. The Securities and Exchange Commission talks about it, the Financial Industry Regulatory Association. Everybody's ready to beat the holy hell out of these advisors, agents, bankers, brokers, and financial planners. And a lot of them deserve it. But a lot of people, okay, they created their own situation. And the bottom line is this whole idea of everybody's a victim, everybody's got fraud going on. Yeah, lots of talk. But the fact is we're in denial of something called individual basis. You got to deal with these things on an individual basis. If mom or dad, grandma and grandpa don't want to talk to you about things, that's their problem. If they have excluded you in life as they've gotten older, when they come calling and going, I need help, that's their problem. Sometimes you have to learn to say no. If you try with somebody over and over and over to do the right thing and they continue to reject you, and I deal with this all the time. I have these situations I see all the time. You try, you tr- eventually you just say, I'm done. I am so done with this. It's your, it's your parents. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with that? That's what this is all about. The inability to deal with this on a family basis is huge. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. So now let's talk about not giving up, moving on, sticking with it, or just simply bad timing. Now, if you get an opportunity, I want you to watch a television show on HBO called Succession. It's pretty cool. Because a lot of things that I'm talking about, if you take some notes, you will see in the movie Succession. Now, it's a series based upon a fictional family known as the Roy, R-O-Y, Roy family. And these, are, these people are just dysfunctional. They are dysfunctional owners of a global media empire. So they're making them sound like, uh, let's see, Summer Redstone or maybe even Rupert Murdoch is really what the basis for this is all about. And what they're doing is they're fighting for control over the company because the patriarch has some health issues and had either a stroke or a brain bleed And in the first season. Second season will begin and will premiere on August 11, 2019. That'll be uh, episode one for season two. They're fighting over control of the family business. Now, the patriarch... He's a he's a real asshole for all practical purposes. There's no no need to sugarcoat it. He calls people names and his kids an idiot and everything. I mean, he's just so I said that I said the word asshole to jock to get you to shock. This is a show that wow, I, I wouldn't want a dad like this, but the guy's worth a couple billion dollars. Okay. Now, Logan Roy is the patriarch. He has four children. Now, the problem is none of them can control the media company. And he set up a trust very similar to what the Redstone family, again, what Summer did, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. Their biggest asset is entertainment. They're a conglomerate, okay? So the series tracks the lives as they contemplate what the future will be. You have people who work 
for the aging father, work for the company. They get fired, they get brought back. You have attorneys. There are disclosures over debt obligations that nobody knew. And they're contemplating their future. If you want to read some interesting things that are being discussed, um, look at the people that make uh, the opi opioids. I just got done reading an article in the Wall Street Journal about them. It's a very similar thing. Two brothers, there were actually three. One got bought out. And actually, the uh, article is titled Oxycontin. Coden, I guess, made the Sacklers rich. Now it's tearing them apart. And it's a story about a couple of fellows, Raymond Sackler and Mortimer Sackler, and how they were married, had children. They were co-founding brothers. They bought their brother out years ago, and this would be the company known as Purdue Pharma. I'm not going to get into the details of that, but I want to continue on with what we're talking about here, which is that Families and the feuds that go on are not unusual. And these issues about how to take care of aging parents, whether you are mega wealthy or really dirt poor, is the same thing. Okay? It's the same thing. So the series tracks how they're going to deal with things because dad's getting older and he will not step back from the company. Look, Summer Redstone. I know it's a funny name for a lot of you guys and gals. R-E-D-S-T-O-N-E. -E, and Summer is oftentimes used as a lady's name. It's a fellow's name. This whole story for succession, really, succession really follows this whole thing. Uh, he had national amusements, CBS, Viacom, uh, BET, Paramount. In February of 19, uh, see, no, 2016, he was 92 at the time and had a court-ordered examination by a geriatric psychologist, psychiatrist, actually. And the, fun, the findings were never made public, but the court hearing, the, the, the court ruled in Los Angeles County in, in May, so they did it pretty quick. A fellow name of uh, David Cowan. He said, no, we're dismissing the lawsuit. He is competent. He's, he's mentally competent. However, it is not in dispute that he suffers from either mild or moderate dementia. Okay? And his speech is really slurred. Now, here's something that you should always remember never forget. Your definition of incompetency is not what the law probably says. You might think, oh, yeah, mom and dad are making bad decisions. They're incompetent. Well, if you have a moment of lucidity, you can make a will. But if you are really challenged, then you cannot make a contract. So you have different levels of competency for different things that you can do in life. And as a result, you have families that fight and are torn apart over things like guardianship. But here's another problem. A lot of parents don't do any planning. They're always in denial and then it's too damn late. So you feel good about it. Oh, I, I got to get in there and help out. I got to get in there and help out. But you don't have the authority to do it. And then the cost, the legal cost, the time is unbelievable. And here's one other item. A lot of folks aren't prepared for this, okay? Those of you who are born between 1965 and 1994, you're not prepared for this. Because on the average, on the whole, and for the most part, this nation has not done you really any any favors because a lot of folks have very limited experience because a lot of people won't get out of the way. You know, there's a thing called the Standard & Poor's 500, and you have chief executive officers for the S&P 500, 500 different companies, right? Do you know that the number of people in their 40s who are running S&P 500 companies has dramatically declined? Now, this has left the Generation X rel relatively basically underrepresented, almost non-represented in the S&P 500. In fact, 28, that's it, 28 of the, uh, and again, we're just kind of using some numbers that I know of, of the uh, S&P 500 companies, 
28, 6% are under 50. Under 50. In 2009, it was 15. It's now 6%. The median age for chief executive officer in the S&P is 58. My gosh, well, they're battle-tested. So aside from Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook, the only other chief executive officer in the S&P in his 30s is Kim Co-Realty's Connor Flynn. Cool guy. He's like 38, 39 now. And they have like 430, 40 different shopping centers. Uh, His uh, blog is uh, pretty interesting. He's down to basically blogging once a a year now. And uh, he's got TGX companies. He's got uh, Home Depot, Walmart, a lot of different people that rent from them. He took over the top spot when he was 34. I say congratulations to him. I think that's actually really cool. And he recently said that uh, despite the changes in redrawing the retail landscape, he felt very comfortable that Kimco would be able to withstand the unwelcome changes that are going on in the real estate environment. Now, Zuckerberg, okay, this guy may be popular, but his likability, it's not there. Okay, he may be famous, but he's more infamous than anything else. 95% of the American population has heard of Mark Zuckerberg. Go figure. 40% have a very negative attitude towards him. 24% are positive. You want to find somebody that likes Mark Zuckerberg? Find a millennial, find a woman, and that's most likely the person that's going to like Mark Zuckerberg. So let's talk about these generations now for a minute. The silent generation was born between 1925 and 1945. That means you're between 94 and 74 years of age. Baby boomers, 1946 to 1964, you're 73 to 55, okay? Generation X, X, you're born between 1965 and 79. You're between 53 and 40. Generation Y, which are typically the millennials, you were born between 80 and 94. You're between 39 and 25 years of age. And now we have Generation Z, born between 1995 and 2005. If you're listening to this at age four, God bless you. You probably are going to be worth many billions in the years ahead, but you're between the ages of four and 24. So here's the thing. And this is very important. You are going to be taking care of your parents, their judgment, their inability to make decisions. They become hyper. They become aggressive. You can't take it personally. They don't know what the hell they're doing. And sometimes they do things that are completely inappropriate. We just had a man in the office not long ago, 92 years of age, basically committed an inappropriate sexual uh, advancement on a member of our staff. And we had to deal with it. I mean, really? (laughs) It's just one of those things where, really? And we're not talking about minor inappropriateness. We're talking major league. Now, one of the things you're going to need to do periodically is obtain professional advice. And remember, there's no such thing as a professional advisor when they make a commission. You got to remember that. So here's the way this works. If you buy more and pay more, sell more and pay more, have more under management and pay more, or if you profit more and pay more, you're paying a commission. And anyone that is paid on a commission basis cannot, should not, and it should be illegal for them to call themselves a fiduciary. So let's talk about now 10 warning signs that you should be paying attention to that may indicate that mom and dad or grandma and grandpa are cognitively challenged.
Number one, look for the fact that they have just plain good old-fashioned memory loss. Simple forgetting things. Hey, listen, I even do that. I get so damn busy and I'm just constantly writing things down, working my lists. Sometimes we simply forget things. But when that becomes a pattern, you can't remember important dates. You forget birthdays and anniversaries. Oh, it's the 4th of July. When is that going to occur? (laughs) Yeah, it's like... uh, it's New Year's Day. What, what month is that? No, seriously. I mean, that starts to happen. You start repeatedly asking for the same information. That is a sign of a cognitive impairment. Planning challenges is next. People that can't, they can't balance a checkbook. They can't budget. And this is really a serious problem for your people. It'll be a problem for you. If you're not a boomer and you're not budgeting and you're not keeping track of your financial statements and you sometimes have a hard time making logical financial decisions, I got news for you. (laughs) You're on a really bad pathway for the future because what we see is as people get older who actually can do this, when they get confused, they get really angry because, I mean, it's just, it's hard. What what am I doing wrong here? I saw that with my dad. My dad was an amazing man who could take any ledger sheet, run his finger down as fast as he could slide his finger and tell you what the number was and it was added up. I mean, he was basically almost like a savant in that area. I guess he was. Amazing. That's one of the things he lost and he was so upset about that. Now, Attribution of events, well, here's what this means. Oh, something bad happened to the president or to Congress or to this or that, and they attribute it to everything. It's completely unrelated. But again, attribution of events, and then they can't think, they can't, they get confused, they can't plan, comes a real problem. Visual impairment, not having the eyesight or spatial awareness. They start becoming clumsy, tripping over things like curbs, falling down, breaking hips, quick way to kill somebody, litigation, lawsuits, my gosh, the number of people who sue in this state. I mean, there's nothing wrong. They fell down, but they blame the shopping center is unbelievable. Now, here's what you got to be careful of. Thresholds, okay? A little step between the door and the outside. Transitions, carpet, rugs. A lot of people start tripping and falling and killing themselves because they're cognitively challenged. Lack of socialization is next one. A lot of people, when they begin to get challenged, they withdraw. They get out of the scene because they know... I mean, they're having problems. They become a recluse. We just had a lady who passed away where the law firm is handling the estate and there's nothing. I mean, she literally spent herself penniless, but she was a hoarder and it was just trash everywhere in this place. It was a very beautiful home at one time, but it, oh, it's just horrid. The smell and the cockroaches and the mice and the rats and the, it's just, it's just God awful. So some people do that. You don't tend to do that if you have people looking in on you. You tend not to do that when you live in a congregate living facility. You know, nursing homes and independent living facilities are two different things. A lot of people need to accept the fact that as they get older, it's nice to have some people around. That's a big deal. And the other thing is you got to look for the inability to follow conversations. We have found that people who had a history of not being able to follow conversations. Remember, I've been doing this for 33 years, okay? Just in the financial services industry. I've been around a lot longer than that. But just in the financial services industry, owning my own business here. I have people that I started working with many years ago who couldn't follow a conversation, basically had adult attention deficit disorder. They wind up becoming incredibly hard to deal with as time goes along. They just can't follow a conversation. So a lot of people like to play cards. It's a nice way to pass time. That requires critical thinking. You have somebody that used to play cards, they stop playing. That's a warning sign. 
Then you have what's known as time and place confusion. I mean, they can't, they can't do appointments. They constantly forget. It's the wrong day. I see it all the time. Uh, they call the office. Do I have an appointment today? No, it's next week. Do I have it? They, over and over and over. Then they show up and they show up early and they get upset because nobody's available to handle what they want. It might be a telephone conference. It might be a video conference. And then in our case, and I get it, I'll use the law firm as that case. We're talking about investment side of the house today, but... I've seen this over and over, you know, they have an appointment at nine o'clock. They got in the in here at 830 and all of a sudden in the waiting room, they're getting all antsy and, and they're always going up to the receptionist. And at nine o'clock, they're just screaming at the top of their lungs. Okay, we have to train people to be very patient. and They have to know you didn't do anything wrong, but you can't help everybody. Sometimes it just is what it is. Language, skill, and words, again, common with dementia. People cannot do word association. They can't figure things out. Again, like I said earlier, difficulty following a conversation, finding the right word for an event or object. And when you're retired and you don't have the kind of pressures that you have when you're working, sometimes, you know, I've seen lots of executives like, okay, what was that again? Okay, I got it. Remove, they're, they're jammed, they're working. But when you're retired and you don't have that going on and it happens, that's an issue. Now, remember, we're talking about for those of you born between 1965 and 1994, this is the dementia challenge that you face now. And it's going to be real obvious in just a minute why this is such a big deal. And always remember, never forget to follow us here on Connecting Dots. You can go to dots.fm. That's dots.fm. That's where we have Connecting Dots. And we also play on all of your major podcast players. Make sure to hit the like button, leave a favorable comment. And if you have uh, anything that you ever want to talk to us about, if you want to, for example, opine, give an eye an idea, a tip, a trick, or just want to chit-chat, leave a message at 888-629-7864. That's 888-629-7864. Again, we are easy to get a hold of. I encourage you to do that. Overall judgment. Not just really not knowing fact from fiction. And again, a lot of people that are on the internet, I mean, a lot of boomers are on Facebook. Oh, yeah, yeah. And if it's on there, it's true. You know, <laughs> I get a kick out of this Trump and Republican and Democrat and Russia and Chinese. I, who cares? There's just some people that are going to buy anything. You literally say all cheese is made on the moon. All cheese comes from the You knew that, right? It's all, it's all, in fact, string cheese comes from the dark side of the moon. That's why it's string cheese. And what you may not know is that Jeff Bezos already has a fleet of spaceships that go back and forth. That's why when you look at, if you, for example, go to the store, you notice that all cheese is now packaged up in this, this unique hard cellophane. You've seen that, haven't you? And you start, yeah, nod your head and, yeah, well, that's Jeff Bezos because they got to get all the cheese back from the moon. I kid you not. You say stuff like that and people will absolutely believe it. So sometimes, you know, it's not a joke. It's not sarcastic. It's just a real thing. So ignoring things can be overwhelming and they're ignored because a person can't make a decision. A couple more items, and we'll finish up with this section, mood swings. We see people that get very irritated, especially during estate settlement purposes. The anxiety, personality changes, pure poly, purebred becomes an absolute flying witch from hell. Executive function decline, meaning that just the coordination of activities, well-reasoned decisions, they just can't do it. You know, that's one of the problems when it comes to finances. So many of these people buy these Free breakfast, lunch, and dinner seminar people. They're the pretty people of the world. Lucky gene pool. They look good. They put their suits and ties on. They have a good spiel. 
They're going to call you. They want to sit down with you. They're going to come to your house. They got a nice office right near where your age 55 community is. My God, they'll even send taxis for you. They'll send an Uber. They'll send you a golf cart. They're going to do whatever they got to do to you. They're going to go to golfing with you. They'll play tennis with you. Oh, they're just Johnny on the spot. They'll do anything. They're like a family friend. That's called the hug and mug. And people who do this, they're lacking in executive function. They, they know they're being taken, but somebody's patting on, on the head, and that's just what it is. So generally speaking, there's a couple of other things out there. A decline in smell, decline in taste, sleep disorders, and very slow driving. These are all things that are indicators of cognitive impairment. So it looks like it's not just crushing student debt that is looming, that's holding millennials back anymore. It's their aging parents and Grammy and Grampy. I get it. Soaring rent, housing costs, everything is costing more and more health insurance. (laughs) Some people have never had health insurance in their entire life. Increasing costs for childcare, sometimes it's just not worth working. There's no incentive for some people to get a job. If they can be on welfare, they're doing far better than if they do working. I get that. It stinks. And then, of course, everybody said, you know, hey, after 2009, 2008, you know, get out there. You got to go get some more education, get more in debt. And it's just, it's horrible. Look, one-fourth of all the caregivers are people like you. Unpaid folks born between 1965 and 1994, you're getting clobbered with debt and you're also expected to take care of mom and dad and grandma and grandpa. And as we look at the numbers since 2009 in particular, we're up to 24%. Again, like I said, about a quarter of the population, your population, you're working for free. And at the same time, you're not making the same wages as they made at the same time. You can't afford a house. 6.2 million millennials are acting as caregivers for their parents or in-laws or grandparents. The financial burden is undeniable. Look, the physical, the emotional, the intellectual challenges just suck. And the average care for someone who is elderly will run anywhere from a minimum of $18,000 to $91,000 for adult daycare to a private room in a nursing home. And even those numbers are oftentimes quite low. So despite learning less, millennials in particular are spending more than ever on their parents and grandparents as caregivers. And so in life, when you have these really important and significant milestones, you're not enjoying it. Now, what we're seeing is that about one third of millennials today are making less than $30,000. And these people are oftentimes the same people taking care of their parents. So you have a delayed real life experience. Sometimes you were coddled. Sometimes you had a high level of debt. You lack real life experience and life events. Things become overwhelming. You know, it takes time to develop. And then what does mom and dad do? Oh, they retire and move to Florida. Hell with you. So now you're trying to get things squared around. You did what you were told. You went to high school. You went to college, got your master's, got your doctorate. Somebody should have told you along the way that doctorate is worth crap. You're making less. You're making less than what you would have made if you had just gone and started driving truck as a long haul trucker. So millennials born in the 1980s may be struggling even more so than everybody else, considering, well, they're frankly the lost generation. They're at risk. From 1980 to 1920, uh, well, 2008, okay? At 28, you're, you're born in 1980. Let's do that. You're born in 1980. It's 2008. You're 28. You got a 
family, you're working, you're settling in. Now the job is gone, foreclosure. You go back to school. The Obama administration told you school, school, school. Well, now you're 30 day, 38 and you're up to eyeball in debt. You have very little assets. You probably are behind in your, your income taxes. You're just behind the eight ball. It actually explains why a lot of people, younger millennials, rather older millennials and, and early baby boomers, they're killing themselves. The number of men in particular in their 50s who are committing suicide is absolutely unbelievable. So here's what I want you to understand. Uncertainty. I get it. The corrosive effects of uncertainty are horrible. An uncomfortable prospect of having to be a parent to your parents we get it. We get it. But here's the thing. It's all about being aware. The only thing I want you to do is to take away from this today in this public podcast, Connecting Dots, a deep dive, is to listen listen to this with your children, with your spouse, with your, your brothers and sisters, others who may have to take care of your parent. And you may want to tell them, to listen as well. It's about putting together an action plan. It's not about going out and buying some financial product with a big fat commission. We get it. Now, our approach is really simple. Our approach is this. It's about client education, unbiased, actionable items, FIO, do it yourself, DIY, figure it out. Now, if you go on the internet, there's a lot of information out there. There really is. But you have to understand, most of the people that are out there are trying to sell you something. Don't buy it. Begin getting your information. Here's the problem. CSP, conflicted sales pitch. They're always going to be doing something that's not what a fiduciary would do. And I'll talk a little bit at the very end about a fiduciary one more time. Hey, we get it. What you want to have is a meaningful discussion. And we're here to do that as a true fiduciary-based investment advisor and manager that is only paid for time or the procedure performed. You never receive less. You never pay more based upon your financial situation. You want to have that legal, counting, medical relationship where it's blunt and factual. If you want everything sugar-coated, when you get out of denial land and you want to get into the real world, we're here. But once you have that meaningful discussion, we think it's important that you are empowered with outlines, checklists, so that you can then take that meaningful discussion and have it with family, friends, neighbors, relatives, co-workers, partners, associates, and you talk it out. Don't abdicate. Delegate. Take responsibility for the things that you can do, but delegate professionally to the things you shouldn't do. What we view ourselves as, oh, we're there. We are always there to help you with that meaningful discussion. Our best thing is to do what we're doing right now is to facilitate an MDF approach. Okay, MDF, meaningful discussion facilitation. That's what we do. Once you start doing those kinds of things, it gets a whole lot easier in life. Why? It gets easier because there's not the tensions. You don't have the huge negative economic impact. The structural headwinds that are always out there will be reduced with proper planning. And instead of having a hard landing economically, you can have a soft landing and deal with the physical, emotional, intellectual relationships and financial issues that you will always have to deal with. Well, thanks for joining me today. I'm Paul Trisdell with Fixed Cost Financial. If you have an idea, comment, tip, trick, or just want to opine, what do you do? Give me a call at 888 888- 
888-629-7864. That's 888-629-7864. You can find us on Twitter at Fixed Cost Invest, at Facebook at Fixed Cost Investing, or our website, which is FixedCostInvesting.com or FixedCostFinancial.com. You can also go and find us at Dots, D-O-T-S dot F-M. Always remember, at Dots.FM, there's always more information that you can use than will be on the public podcast on iTunes. And listen, our favorite podcast player is a thing called Overcast. We think they're fantastic. Please subscribe to Connecting Dots wherever you listen to audio. And I'll be back probably next weekend with another deep dive. But I'll be back on Monday with another bite-sized bite on Connecting Dots. All rights reserved. Reproduction or use without written authorization prohibited without written authorization.